0: Hello and welcome to episode 12 of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we are playing it, we are going to be talking about it. Today we are recording on Tuesday evening, December 27th, 2016. My name is Corey Motley. I am a staff writer at GameCritics.com, and I am 50% of the show. With me, as always, is Brad Galloway, who is the editor at GameCritics.com. Brad, how are you? Corey, I need a shower, man. Like, really bad. Ew. <laughs> Gross. I'm sorry, I just i had to say it. <laughs> do you, like, smell bad or something? Uh, it's been a rough couple days, and,
1: you know, it, sometimes you fall into that pattern where you just, you're going and going, you got to take care of a thing, and you want to, you, you know, take care of yourself, do some self-care, but you don't have time. And I just I'm in one of those periods where I'm like, I got so much on my plate, like I just I looked up and I'm like, oh, I need a shower. So anyway, that's that's kinda where I'm at right now. Otherwise pretty good.
0: Well I'm glad that uh I'm not sitting next to you for these podcasts because I don't really want to smell you while we're talking to each other. That would be really embarrassing and awkward. So I'm glad you're like eight thousand miles away. Uh me too. <laughs> Well, uh, as listeners know, we usually start the show with a little bit of banter that might or might not have anything to do with video games. So uh, I know we just had Christmas weekend. So Brad, uh, what have you what do you have going on?
1: Man, not a lot. It was kind of a crazy week for me. Um, I mentioned earlier that my uh, wife's great grandmother was kind of not doing well. So we spent a lot of time visiting her and just traveling back and forth to where her nursing home was so like it was not the usual christmas for us at all Uh, a lot of on the go a lot of uh, unexpected travel Uh, but we did have a few moments to ourselves and we you know had some quiet time at home we did some gifts we did some uh, this year my son actually requested that i dress up as santa have i mentioned that on the show
0: before no i said that oh my gosh yeah
1: so like, so we homeschool and like one of the things that we talk about in my house is that, uh, well, uh, so, okay. So about me, I hate liars. Like anybody that lies, I fucking hate it. Like I would just rather get the truth no matter what it is. If it's hard to hear, if it's difficult, I don't care. Like, just tell me the truth. I don't, I can't stand people who lie because I've had a lot of people who have lied to me in the past and I have a really strong aversion to that. So that kind of, um, influences me as a parent now. And whenever my son asks me a question, I just tell him the truth, like straight up the truth. Same for my wife. Like whatever the answer is, we just we just say it, and it's sometimes that's difficult. But I feel like it's the best policy because that way people always know that you're a straight shooter, that you know they can trust whatever you say. And I like to be known for that. Like people know, people who know me know that I don't bullshit around, and whatever I say goes. It's it's true. Like you can count on what I say. So my son a couple of years ago asked, you know, is Santa Claus real? And I'm like, Psh, nope, sorry, not real. And <laughs> you know, some parents are like, oh my god, that's so terrible. But like seriously. If you were of a family who thought Santa Claus was real, I bet you can look back on that moment when you first figured out that he wasn't real. And for a lot of people, that's kind of traumatic. Like a lot of people feel like, oh my God, like you tricked me or that was not true. Or, or or I I believed that, you know, Santa was taking bites out of his cookies and it was just dad or it was just mom or whatever, you know, that's kind of a bullshit thing. And I just, I'm like, nah, you know, we explained to my kid, like the idea of Santa, you know, possibly based on a real person represents the spirit of christmas i mean like you know cool like the iconography is great and everything and we support like you know enjoying like you know if a santa claus is around or something that's fun it's a christmas thing no big deal so he knew from a very early age that santa was not real but this year he's like dad um i really want santa to show up and and like to bring my presents and i'm like well bro little bro you know like he's he's not real right he's like yeah i know i know he's like i just i just want that and i'm like uh okay So, you know, my son totally full on knows Santa's not real, but he wants to participate in Christmas, the spirit of Christmas. Right. So I'm like, all right, cool. I can do that. I go to the costume store, bought uh, some Santa like suspenders. I got a Santa hat. I got a beard and mustache, like, you know, full on, like the white flowy beard and stuff. Uh, I got a couple of pillows to stick under my shirt, although I got to say, I didn't really need too many pillows. Embarrassingly, I, you know, I got halfway there on my own. And Christmas morning, you know, my son's like, dad, dad is Santa going to show up? And I'm like, yeah, bro. You hear, you hear that pitter pat of reindeer hooves on, on our roof. I think I hear something. And like, he was totally game for it, right? Like he was just into it. It was kind of like dinner theater for him or something. So like I go up in the back room, I put on the suspenders, the hat, the beard and the mustache. And I stick the pillow under my shirt and you know, that whole thing. And I come out, I got like a a pillowcase full of uh, presents. And I'm like, you know, I'm I'm doing the whole bit, right? I'm doing like, hey, ho, ho, ho. (laughs) What up, Woody? Have you been a good boy? You know, dad told me, you know, he's eating it up, dude. I wish you could see. We took these pictures and he's just like, he's got this like joy just like emanating from him, right? Like he's just feeling it so hard and he's enjoying it so much. And it was awesome, right? Like it was awesome that he was really just in the spirit of things. Like even though he knew the truth and I didn't have to make up any stories and nobody ever pretends like, that Santa's a real thing. Like, he was just... He was 1,000% into it. So I gave him the presents. He was, like, squealing and happy and thrilled. And I gave him a Santa hug. And then I'm like, you know, oh, got to go back to the sleigh. Got a a jillion other kids to get to. And, you know? So, like, I go back and change my clothes. And, like, he's like, Dad, you missed it. Santa was here. And I'm like, man, this kid is full-on playing the role. Like, it was pretty awesome. So that was kind of a high point uh, for me. And it was really interesting to see that even though, like, he... hip to what's going on, he still just really got into the spirit. He is a a Christmas lover. So that was a really, really cool thing um, for us. Really cool. I really enjoyed that very much. Um, Just one other thing to mention really quickly. Uh, We did get to see Rogue One. We were very excited. Star Wars fans at our house. We're not crazy Star Wars fans, but we're Star Wars fans for sure. And we had a few minutes and we got into a theater that wasn't super crowded, which was kind of a Christmas miracle in itself. And we saw Rogue One and I got to say it was really good. I know some people were kind of like, eh, this doesn't feel like Star Wars to me, but I feel like Star Wars has a lot of potential that hasn't been tapped, and I think this was a perfect example. I really liked the cast, I liked the script, I thought the characters were great, I thought the action was great, Um, special effects, almost all of them were really good. There was a couple things that I was "Mm," kind of like, eh, I don't know about this, but it was, you know, not bad. I thought the ending was really cool. I went into it unspoiled, which is great. I'm really glad that I was not spoiled when I went to go see it. So if you haven't seen it yet, please don't spoil yourself. Um, but yeah, it was great. And I think this is a great jumping off point for Star Wars because I think that there's a lot more to this universe than just the story of the Skywalkers. And and this is definitely proof. I mean, if if filmmakers can keep making movies like this, where it's like in the Star Wars universe, taking similar ideas, but just you know new characters, new aliens, new planets, new situations, dude i would show up for one of these a year like no question i would love to see more of these we had a great time and it was it was definitely thumbs up so i had a pretty fucking good christmas season Corey. what about yourself sir
0: uh i um i just uh traveled a little bit for christmas um this might sound ridiculous but uh my partner Patrick and I have been together for almost nine years. And Holy shit! That, well, what? that hold on—that's nine not, years. That's not the crazy part. The crazy part is this is the first holiday ever that I have gone to spend with his family in nine years. Whoa, okay. Let whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. Let us back back this up. Back this up. dude.
1: Nine years is a long fucking time. You're like a young dude, man. That's like, that's like. I mean, what is it? Like a third of your life, give uh, or take.
0: Roughly, yeah, I guess. Roughly.
1: Wow, congratulations, dude. That is a long time. Well, I mean, one more and you hit like ten years? Yeah, that's amazing. That is amazing. So okay, so you went to Yeah. Th- his families for holiday, sure. Go on.
0: I did. Um and I I kinda wanna make it clear that most of the reason why I've never been to like out of the state or like far away for any holiday thing is that I used to work in retail and Basically, if you work in retail, you're like a slave to the holiday season and you can like not get time off or anything. So like last year I worked, like I worked at Target for a really long time, for like 11 years. And at this point last year, I was managing two teams at Target and I had to lead a series of overnights on the week of Christmas. And last year I had to work an overnight on Christmas night into... The day after christmas so basically any plans that i could have potentially made at all were out the window because i was a slave to retail and uh you know couldn't really do anything um but this year i because i'm not working right now i'm not like officially working uh patrick and i drove his parents live about about seven to eight hours away from Omaha and they live in Southeast Missouri. And I grew up in Kansas city, Missouri. So, you know, Northwest Missouri. And, uh, so we went there, we did Christmas with my family first, which it's funny cause it's like polar opposite Christmases. Like my family, I always grew up with a very small family. Cause most of, uh, my dad's family who has like the big side of the family lives in Texas. So, um, my, my Christmas this year with my family was just me, my brother, my mom, and then Patrick was there. Um, and then we go to Patrick's house for Christmas and like his uh, mom and stepdad host it. And it's like his mom and his stepdad and his cousin his like like two or three of his cousins or four of his cousins and um his, you know, like an aunt. And it's just like all these people. There were probably like 15 or so people and like their grandparents and stuff like this that were in and out of the house. And. You know hosting like a white elephant gift exchange and all this stuff and I mean it was awesome like I had a really good time but it's just uh, kind of jarring because you go from my Christmas that's like all right here's four of us we're gonna eat fried chicken and mashed potatoes and it was like awesome and then we go to his which is like a ton of people and you know people coming in and out of the house and um, just you know trying to make room for everybody to sit down to eat and all this stuff so it's kind of cool that I got to experience two different christmases in that regard uh but i had a really good time and uh got to see my family and his family and got to actually spend a holiday season with his family for the first time and uh yeah i mean it was it was good i had a good time i want to hear more about this fried chicken how was that uh well my mom is like amazing at cooking everything and this year we decided we kind of go back and forth on holiday recipes like for the past like five or six years for christmas we've actually done uh, homemade sushi and tempura and uh, and like spring rolls and stuff like that. We've done like an all out like Asian, like totally from scratch homemade uh, Christmas dinner. But this year, because my mom uh, just moved into a new house that she bought on her own, uh, and she wanted to kind of do something a little smaller. Which you know, my brother and I don't care. We don't have to do you know a big huge Christmas celebration. So she made. Uh, just a delicious fried chicken, um, thighs, legs, and chicken breasts, and um, mashed potatoes, and homemade gravy, and green beans, and she made a homemade cheesecake, and three different toppings for it, and it was, like, everything I could ever want for Christmas dinner, even though it wasn't, like, you know, a turkey, and a ham, and 25 sides, and, you know, 18 pies, like, it was just perfect for, for us, like, because my mom's fried chicken is so good, so it was, uh, it was delicious. Oh, that sounds amazing, dude! I am jealous. Oh, I could go for a piece of fried chicken right now. Mm. <laughs> Maybe you'll have to fly to Kansas City for Christmas next year. <laughs> I, I may take you up on that. I may take you up. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was good. Um, I mean, I guess I don't, I don't know what else to say. I've been busy. I uh, was out of town for four days and drove back in late last night. And and I guess, I guess that's it as far as my holiday goes. Sounds good to me. Well, uh, as listeners know, um, as we move into our next segment, we usually, uh, usually after banter talk, uh, Brad and I kind of move into talking about whatever video games are playing. But because we have been so busy, as we just discussed, over the holiday season or the past, uh, you know, four or five days for Christmas weekend, uh, Brad and I have not really been playing a whole lot because we've been doing other things. Um, So we have a little... Uh, topic on deck for this, um, for this episode. Um, we are, I had thought up the idea of if you could take any studio, video game development studio, and have them, uh, revamp a sequel or reboot a sequel to any uh, basically existing franchise, what would it be? And we got a lot of responses. Um, Brad, thank goodness he has a ton of followers on Twitter because there's no way I would have gotten this many responses um, if I had asked. We got a lot of responses. Um, we won't be able to read all of them because if we did, the show would just be an hour of us reading, uh, reading the responses. But uh, we will talk about them in a few minutes. Um, but I have some ideas of my own that i want to talk about because i'm selfish and i want to talk about my ideas first and hog the show and then we'll move on to listener ideas after um that is just like you cory i would expect that from you i know i'm like basically just want the world to revolve around me at all anyway so cory mm-hmm. it's so me <laughs> so uh brad do you have anything to say or any uh any ideas or questions before we jump into my picks
1: I do, yeah. Whenever a topic like this comes up, we've done a couple topics like this at Game Critics before, and uh, it was nice to see a topic like this come up here on our show. Um, the problem with these topics is I never have any fucking ideas. I never come <laughs> up with anything. It's like I'll hear somebody say something, and I'll go, oh, yeah, 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 good idea. But if you were to ask me like, what I would think, I'm sitting here, like, dumb look on my face, literally nothing to suggest. So I'm really glad that our listeners and our Twitter followers uh, came through. So like Corey said, we got... A, we got way more than i thought we were going to get so thank you all very very much for your generous suggestions we're not going to get to them all apologies for that but we did read them all we're going to get through as many as we can and i'm real sorry if we don't get tears but please keep sending your stuff in it was really awesome to get these suggestions but now i really want to hear what Corey's cooking up Corey,
0: lay it on us bro all right so i have um five main ideas and i'll just they're not really in any order so i'll just kind of go through one at a time Um, it sounds
1: like writing an essay i got
0: five main ideas and then i got like five supporting sentences and then i got introductory clause uh, is it an essay form no Oh, okay. Go it's ahead. in a bulleted <laughs> list form. <laughs> All right. Go for it. Roll. All right. My first one is uh, I would love to see IDIS Montreal, who do uh, Deus Ex Human Revolution and Deus Ex Mankind Divided. I would love to see them reboot Perfect Dark from Rare, the old Nintendo franchise. Interesting. What made you think of Perfect Dark? I think it's because Perfect Dark is... In my opinion, it's kind of similar to Deus Ex because it is, you know, it's a first-person shooter. It's kind—it's not necessarily stealthy, but it can be. And it's futuristic. It's kind of got some science fiction elements behind it because it's set in the future. You know, there's, like, flying cars and stuff like that. And you play as, like, the suave and smart, sexy Joanna Dark in the game. And I just think she's a really great character Um, that never really got to go anywhere as far as the series went. um, And I just feel like that sort of um like the way that idus montreal sort of their art design and their sort of uh, mechanics on first person shooting and stealth i feel like they could really basically just take everything they've done for deus ex and just like model it on top of perfect dark and then that would be enough for me to want to play it that's cool i mean i
1: i've played the perfect dark games and i can't say that i ever really liked them i know that the first one had a pretty good following Uh, But it never clicked with me because I just didn't like to play first person shooters on the N64. Um, So, and I don't like those games like super in general. I mean, it seemed like an okay thing. I was always interested to hear about like the story. Apparently there's some kind of like alien involvement in some kind of conspiracy mumbo jumbo, which kind of I like in general, but no, never played them. Although I did play a few minutes of Perfect Dark Zero on the 360 and that was hot garbage. So it seemed like they're overdue and Idos Montreal's got the chops. That sounds like a good idea to me. What else you got, man?
0: Uh, my next idea is for Creative Assembly. They developed uh, Alien Isolation. Oh. I think they've also they also did um, Halo. I did a Total War? Ha- maybe I know they did Halo Wars, like the RTS Halo game. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, but they, I would really like to see them do uh, a new Condemned game uh, after Condemned: Criminal Origins and Condemned to Bloodshot because i feel Mm. like with their chops on alien isolation as far as like first person horror and action goes i feel like they could really like i wouldn't trust really any other studio to handle condemned unless it were the, the original condemned team but i feel like creative assembly is the best group that could get it right from here on out that's
1: an interesting pick because i know that you and i both have a lot of respect for condemned i don't know how many of our listeners have played it but I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I mean, I'm not the horror maven that you are, but I, you know, I have played a fair amount of horror. Condemned is like, it's, it's near the top for me. Like, I find it to be super scary, but also really well put together. And like the ending sequence, which I'm not going to spoil here. I mean, that had me shitting myself. Like, I thought that was one of the <laughs> scariest, most well put together sequences of any horror game I've ever played, you know, first person, um, first person wise. Interesting. Although I will say that I played Alien Isolation. I couldn't stand it. I hated it. So I would like to. I think that technically they could do it, but like you would have to be able to jump over foot high ledges. Um, you would have to like do more than just like hide in a few places. Because I just I did not get on with that. But I think skill wise they could do it. That's a, that's an interesting pick.
0: Yeah, I think. Uh, I mean, I think if they took basically the groundwork that they made for Alien Isolation and infused a little bit more action into it, that they could really handle Condemned well. Because Alien Isolation, I mean, it is. More of a stealth horror game, but the nice thing about it is that in the event that you have to fire a gun or, you know, hit something with your little, like, she has, like, a like a door opener thing that you can hit people with in the game, the action in the game is actually pretty well done, like, because there's a lot of uh sort of stealthy horror games that have awful action, but the action in Alien Isolation is actually, like, I think pretty well done, and I feel like if they could pull that over into the Condemned universe and make it uh more like intense melee action scare then i feel like they could pull it off
1: yeah yeah i mean my i mean my number one request would be story revamp because i feel like the story number one was awesome story number two was garbage so i would i would be my biggest concern but they could do it they could do it that is a good that is a good pick i wouldn't have thought of that one what's next
0: uh my next is uh this is going to be a long dead franchise that i want to see um basically rebooted. I would love for uh, the Capcom team that was behind Resident Evil 5 and Resident Evil 6 to fucking reboot Dino Crisis. Do you remember Dino Crisis? Oh,
1: yes. I love Dino Crisis, dude. Absolutely. Absolutely. I would love that. That is an amazing pick. I uh you played Dino Crisis 3, right? Uh a little bit of it. <laughs> oh, God, that is Oh, I've never seen a franchise go from awesome to garbage quicker than that. Yeah, totally. Dino Crisis Redone. I'm kind of surprised they haven't brought it back. And I was a really big fan of uh, Regina, who was the star of *Dining Crisis*. I thought she was a pretty cool character. And man, that series just like disappeared after number three. That's a real shame.
0: Yeah, it's totally lame. And I mean, the the crazy thing, the the funny thing for me about basically how Capcom treated its like '90s franchises is, you know, you had *Resident Evil*, which was the the fixed camera angle, scary zombie puzzle game, and then they brought in Dino Crisis 1 after I think Dino Crisis came out around the time like Resident Evil 3 came out or so. And basically, Dino Crisis 1 sort of felt like it was mechanically almost exactly the same as Resident Evil, but instead of zombies, you were fighting dinosaurs, obviously, because the game is called Dino Crisis. But Dino Crisis 2 basically took the mechanics into a different direction because Dino Crisis 1 was more about, you know, kind of scary action and more about, you know, maybe you were running from dinosaurs rather than just like killing them off one -one, one by one. But Dino Crisis 2 took this like sci-fi action arcade element where it had this amazing combo system where every time the camera angle it had fixed camera angles every time the camera angle flipped a dinosaur would like pop out of an area and you could shoot it and if you if you killed x amount of dinosaurs without getting hurt you could build up like a points combo and then you could use your points to buy things at like the save points because it was like a shop and the save point you could buy like better weapons or more ammo or health packs and and I feel like that's what Resident Evil tried, what like ended up doing with Resident Evil 4, 5, and 6. They turned a scary game into an action game, and I wish they would have kept Resident Evil scary, and I wish they would have just kept the Dino Crisis franchise alive and let Dino Crisis be their like, third-person action game instead of just making it go away forever. And I feel like if, if I had just said that 10 years ago and Capcom had listened to me, then maybe I could have solved all the franchise problems in one swoop. Dude, you are so right. You are so right on this because
1: I think that they kind of took those two series because Dino Crisis was pretty successful. And I think they just kind of merged them and, you know, of course, like put it all under the Resident Evil banner. But I think Dino Crisis on its own, so awesome. And the ending to Dino Crisis 2, I mean, super cliffhanger, but a really cool cliffhanger. And I was so disappointed that it never, I mean, well, okay, possibly it wrapped up in Dino Crisis 3, but. Dino Crisis Three was such a departure from Dino Crisis Two. It was like all of a sudden it was in space, in the future. <laughs> Your guys had jetpacks, like, and, and don't get me wrong, jetpacks plus guns plus dinosaurs—that sounds like an amazing time. But it was so mechanically busted. It was like they did not know at that time how to work things in three D space. I think it was pretty early on the three sixties. Uh, pretty soon after the three sixty hit shelves, and it's just—you could tell the developers were struggling. They had major, major camera problems. It was like you're constantly getting hit from off screen. You couldn't see what was going on. It was hard to fly around because you couldn't get a beat on where you're going. It was just, it was like they tried to like give you the same Resident Evil structure, but then gave you a jetpack, and that does not work. They needed to rebuild it from the ground up. Of course, no surprise to anyone, Diner Crisis 3 went nowhere, which was a shame because I was really wanting more of that series and we've never heard from it since. So I think that is an amazing pick, an amazing pick.
0: Well, uh, thanks. I'm blushing over here because you keep telling me that all my ideas are so amazing. I'm lying, but go ahead. <laughs> um, my next, uh, let's see. My next pick is this is kind of uh, an an easy one because the developer already kind of owns the franchise, but they're not doing anything with it. Um, my idea would be for Crytek, who does who did Crisis One, Two, and Three, to do uh, either a sequel or a reboot to the Time Splitters franchise. Because Time Splitters was uh, Rare, the guys from Rare who did GoldenEye and Perfect Dark uh, kind of left Rare and made a development studio called Free Radical, or at least some people from Rare worked for Free Radical, and Free Radical is the group that made Time Splitters One, Two, and Three, which I love the Time Splitters games. And then, as far as I know, Free Radical kind of got absorbed into Crytek, like one of their companies. So there's still people, as far as I know, like out there. From the original Golden Knight team and Free Radical working for Crytek, if their studios didn't just get shut down, I might add, because Crytek closed yeah, like five of their studios down.
1: Just gonna say, yeah, not so good news for Crytek, buddy. They uh, they are on the way out. They've had major financial problems. So yeah. that is a shame. But I get what you're, I I'm picking up what you're putting down. I think Time Splitters was actually a really cool franchise. One of the very few first person shooters that I really got into. I thought it was um, great. Like the time travel mechanic was interesting. Different settings. You know, you'd be in a Western one minute, you'd be like in Nazi Germany the next, you'd be in space the next. I That was really cool. And uh, I thought it was very fun, very fun franchise, whereas a lot of first person shooters seem to lose the fun. So I would be down with that. And, you know, I mean, I think in general, Crytek are pretty good at producing first person games as as the Crisis series would demonstrate. Uh, but, yeah, not so good at balancing a checkbook. That's really unfortunate. So maybe we'll just uh, we'll just think of this one as a nice idea and just let it go.
0: Yeah, I I mean and honestly at this point I would really just like to see them make another Crisis game because Crisis Two is one of my favorite first person shooters of all time. And Crisis Three was good, but it was just like more of the same and it came out too soon after Crisis Two for me to think it um was like really an improvement or like way better or anything. But I mean they've been like fucking around doing stupid games. Like they did this stupid Xbox One like Rise whatever that fucking like roman sword fighting game was and i'm just like come on dudes like make another crisis it's been a long time or at least do like a crisis hd collection because if crisis 2 and 3 if they packed those in together and like released them on ps4 i would probably buy them because i love crisis 2 but i'm like concerned about crytek's future like you said because they can't balance the checkbook allegedly they've been paying their employees late and they just shut down like five of their studios a week or two ago so uh, yeah, it's uh, not looking like good news for them at all right now. No,
1: no, no. Yeah, maybe not so good for Crisis either. But uh, huh, we'll we'll see what happens.
0: Well, I have one final idea. This is probably like my. I feel like I went from like best ideas to worst ideas on my list. But oh no, oh <laughs> no. Okay,
1: let's have it anyway. Let's hear it. Uh,
0: my last idea is um is for ID or at least uh, ID software. The team that worked on Doom, at least within ID to uh, reboot or do a sequel to metroid prime because i feel like sort of the action slash open exploration um like split that was in doom would have and like the 3d map segments as well would have worked really well within the metroid prime universe because metroid kind of did the same thing metroid prime at least where they had like a 3d map and you there was a lot of exploration and, and kind of like uh, compartmentalized combat segments, and Doom kind of did the same thing. And I know that Nintendo would probably never let this happen, but if they handed off Metroid Prime to it and let them develop it, I think they would do a really, really good job. That's an interesting pick, because even though I was not a big Doom fan, I definitely
1: see what you're saying, and I think, that is, I think that's a good idea, because... To be honest, I think I was most impressed with Doom's map. I remember thinking they had a really cool map. And I, I think that would be a perfect fit for Metroid. And like you said, there was a fair amount of exploration if you wanted to partake of it in, in Doom. Uh, it didn't work for me in Doom uh, for a number of reasons. We don't need to get into that now. But I think uh, I could see that, you know, like a faster-paced, maybe a little bit more action-y Metroid with some fucking normal controls. Like, oh, God. I mean, as much as I like the Metroid games, and I, I'm a I'm a pretty good fan of Metroid Uh, it's unfortunate that it's been stuck on like, you know, the Wii using those uh, fucking Wiimote and all that stuff, like all that madness it went through. It was just really a pain in the ass. So just standard controls and maybe fast paced combat. Yeah,
0: I can see that. I can see that working. That might be a good idea. I'm feeling you. (laughs) Well, uh, thanks, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Well, those
1: are really good ideas, Corey. Uh, I like those a lot and I'm jealous that I couldn't come up with a single idea on my own, but, Thanks to the power of Twitter, I've got a whole bunch of ideas to pick from. So shall I go ahead and maybe read one? Uh, Sure, let's go for it. All right. Well, so playing off of your Metroid vibe, uh, other people, we've actually had Metroid come up, I think, like three or four times today. Um, We'll get to not all of them at once, but we'll get to them over the course of the show. First one is from Fabian, who is at V of Escaflown, Uh, says Metroid as a horror game would be interesting. Not sure who could handle it perhaps the dead space developers who are what is their name dead space is visceral visceral entertainment right
0: uh yeah and the dead space developers should not handle anything ever again for the rest of their lives because they cannot handle a horror game that's for damn sure
1: oh man you okay so were you a fan of any of the dead space games
0: uh i played all of two some of one and none of three okay so i've played all of all of the dead space games and I think that in general,
1: they're pretty good, like, mechanically. I think they're very interesting, like, with uh, the way that you can mix and match parts on your guns and stuff. Like, that kind of gives it some some chops and some replayability. Uh, I played through 3 with my wife all the way through. That was an excellent co-op game. Not so good as a single-player game, but as a co-op game, that was pretty ace. I think I, I think this would work. I think those guys maybe... I know that you have issues with them presenting horror, but I think in terms of just looking at it as, like, a sci-fi game... It works pretty well. I mean, I think they've got a really strong sense of visual design. You know, they were kind of revolutionizing the way that UI was shown uh, on your character and stuff that projected in front of your character, rather than just having a menu on screen. Some clever ideas there. I could easily see that being parlayed into something that would, you know, instead of Samus's uh, in helmet, you know, readout, it could be something that could be similar to Dead Space. And they did a lot of back and forth, a lot of. Uh, you know, interesting level design that I think might work for Metroid. I can see that. I can see that working. That's that seems like a maybe to me.
0: I suppose it seems like a maybe for me as well. I know you're not you're not you're not a believer of them as a horror as horror developer,
1: but I think otherwise it might work. Well, what's what's the next one we got, Corey? Um,
0: we have Mario Cordero. I think his uh, Twitter handle is comics underscore cd. Uh, he would like bethesda or cd project red to take over dead space speaking of dead space they can just do a little developer swap um what do you think about that interesting um interesting
1: i i am still a fan of dead space even though i feel like they were kind of running out of steam over the course of three games i think cd project red can make an amazing dead space game like if you i mean i know you weren't like the biggest witcher fan were you you were not right
0: No, The Witcher's... I mean, I understand why The Witcher's great, but it's just not my kind of game. So, yeah, I didn't really play more than, like, 30 minutes of it. Okay, so I love The Witcher a lot. That was my game of the
1: year, like, last year when it came out. So I I have much respect for The Witcher. If you... Man, okay, so that's kind of... It's, like, spinning me off into some directions here. Like, if you took the main character from Dead Space... I don't know what his name is because he's kind of generic, but, like, he's got cool armor. If you took that guy... And put him like in an open world sci-fi setting. And then, you know, maybe he could take on jobs for people to exterminate those bugs. Like when, you know, take a trip to this space station over here. Investigate some people. Talk to NPCs. Kill some dudes. Take on some side quests. Like that could be kind of badass. I think Dead Space has a lot of potential if they get away from the story, which I think the story is stupid. It's never made sense. with the markers and the whatever, whatever people wanting to bring the apocalypse. Garbage story. Garbage story. But it looks great. And I feel like it controls pretty well. And CD Projekt Red have proven they've got amazing writing
0: chops. Those guys can write the shit out of a script. I think that's I think that's a winner to me. I mean, what do you think? Uh, I guess. I mean, I don't really have any... I have, like, no stakes in this argument because I don't... Um, like, I don't really like The Witcher games because I'm not into the whole, like, you know, fantasy and magic bullshit. And I don't really like the Dead Space games because I think they're action games that are mistakenly parading as horror games. So I... Uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't think they could make Dead Space any worse than it already is. So maybe that's a good thing. Oh. <laughs> half hearted, half hearted agreement there. Yes. Okay. Well, I think that sounds like
1: a winner. Uh, Mario, Mario Cordero. Uh, moving on, uh, good friend and frequent listener, Hobbs and Heroes at Hobbs and Heroes says, I would love Blizzard to make a new X Men Legends or Marvel Ultimate Alliance. What
0: do you say, Corey? Uh,. This is, like, another no stakes for me because I don't play Blizzard. Oh, did
1: you not play those games? Did no. You not play those
0: games? I don't play Blizzard games, and I, don't, I haven't played X-Men Legends or Marvel Ultimate Alliance. I think, though, oh, I think knowing what I know about, like, Overwatch and Blizzard's ability to, like, do, like, an ensemble cast and, like, make them instantly likable and kind of, like, great character design, I feel like they would be able to make those series take off well. But then again, if you have X-Men and you have Marvel, like, they already have characters but maybe Blizzard could like redesign them in a way to make them like look cool in like a blizzardy way.
1: It's possible, it's possible. I think the connection that Hops is going for is uh if so you never played X-Men Legends or Ultimate Alliance? Marvel Ultimate Alliance? Never played those? I did not. Okay, so those were totally top-down like Diablo-like games and I think he's going for like a Diablo kind of connection. Uh, okay. So those were really 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 fun, really well-loved games where you took Uh, a selection of characters from the Marvel universe or the X-Men universe, whatever. And uh, you played top down. So you went to like Diablo style levels. You had a team of uh, characters and you could, you know, mix and match. So you could have the Hulk and Wolverine or Iron Man or whoever you liked and just go through. I think it was, I think it was a max of two people. It could have been four. I'm not sure. It's been a while, but that was really fun. I thought it was a really great use of the Marvel uh, license and I would love to see those come back. Uh, I, it seems like a natural fit to stick those with Blizzard, but I got to be honest, I'm not a big fan of uh, the most recent Diablo. I played it the first iteration, not not since the revamp, but the first one on PS4, I believe, and it just didn't stick with me. I just I didn't like it. The story was garbage. I felt like there was just way too much like of a loot grind, and I know that Diablo is a loot grind game, but I played the original Diablo and I found it really compelling and I thought it was really fun. But when I came back to it for Diablo 3, it just it just slid right off. Like it didn't get its hooks in me at all. So I'm not sure, for me anyway, that that would be a good fit, but I totally see what he's going for. So I mean, I would I would give it a thumbs up and say go for it just because I would love to see like another Ultimate Alliance. I think that is totally overdue, totally overdue, especially considering how popular Marvel is these days.
0: Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I can see that. I can see that. So...
1: All right, let's go to the uh
0: the next one. All right, this one, um we actually had two people on Twitter give us the same developer but for different games. So I'm gonna go I'm just gonna read them all off together. Um our first one is Upsello, I hope I'm saying that right. At Upsello on Twitter, uh would like Obsidian to make a Grand Theft Auto esque game. And friend of the show, Michael Cunningham, who is at Final Max Storm on Twitter, uh would like Obsidian to do a new JRPG that's sort of in the vein of Final Fantasy.
1: Interesting. What's your history with Obsidian, dude?
0: Uh, I think my only history with Obsidian is Fallout New Vegas. I think that's the only game of theirs that I've played. Did you like it? Uh, Yeah, I liked it, but I, f- I like Fallout 3 more. Mm, interesting, interesting. I have a lot of
1: love for Obsidian. I, I mean, Fallout New Vegas is one of my favorite games of like all time. Like it's still like my number three or number four, like like in history. I love New Vegas. Uh, and so I have a lot of love for Obsidian. I haven't gotten into a lot of their PC titles just because I'm not much of a PC guy, but I've got nothing but respect for them. I know that they are a little shaky when it comes to the technical production side, but when it comes to character, quest design, like ideas, writing, I mean, those guys are tops, tops. Um... I've never been much into Grand Theft Auto. I liked San Andreas, and that was really the one that I got into the most. I haven't really liked the other ones. So the idea of taking Obsidian and giving them a Grand Theft Auto, that sounds amazing to me. Like, uh, a huge world. Um, they're for sure guaranteed going to do a better script than uh, those guys that do the Grand Theft Auto script. What are, what are those guys' names? Those British guys? Uh, Rockstar. Yeah, but what are, what are the brothers? Those guys that run Rockstar, Oh I, don't Hauser, know. the Hauser brothers, yeah, those guys can't write fucking for shit. So I think Obsidian would like, you know, run laps around the Hauser brothers when it comes to the script. I think that would be great. I mean, they would need some help in terms of making the world hang together, but I think that sounds like a win. I mean, are you? Uh, so getting to Max' question, Michael Cunningham,
0: uh, did you play Final Fantasy twelve? Are you into the, any of the Final Fantasies? Uh oh geez the last final fantasy i played was eight and i never finished it so i'm not i'm not really into jrpgs like at all to be honest hmm okay so i played 12 and i got maybe like 40
1: hours into it i really liked it but it just was too long so it kind of like burned me out but i could easily see if it was with the quality that obsidian can turn out like if it had characters that I really, really enjoyed, the way that I enjoy Obsidian characters, I could easily see that being a pretty badass RPG. I think that's a solid, solid idea. In fact, I'm fine with Obsidian making like anything they want to. Like, I think (laughs) anything they make is really, really good. So I'm a big, big fan.
0: Why don't we just have Obsidian make Dead Space and Metroid and all these other games that everybody else has been talking about too while they're at it? Oh my God, amazing idea. That sounds like (laughs) the best idea I've ever heard. We are gonna
1: keep those guys so busy. (laughs) Oh, geez. All right, uh, let me let me jump to the next one here. We had Ryan Nally, who is at BaxNally on Twitter. His idea is to take the Yakuza team, which I believe is a Sega in-house team, and do a revamp of Deadly
0: Premonition. Oh, Corey, your thoughts? Uh, I Once again, I have like no stakes here because I've only played like a five-minute demo of one of the Yakuza games, and I've only played like maybe an hour of deadly premonition i feel like i did not give deadly premonition the benefit of the doubt because when i tried to play it i was really really tired and i was doing one of those things where like i was kind of like falling asleep while i was playing it and i was supposed to like find a key and some like office or something and i couldn't find it and i was really tired and i think i just turned it off and then sent it back to gamefly and i never tried it again so i i know it's like a cult favorite that people are in love with but I would just, I don't know, maybe I should try it again sometime, but I know I probably never will. Oh my God. Okay.
1: So I love Yakuza. We've talked about this on the show before. I love the Yakuza games. I think they're amazing. Uh, I love Deadly Premonition. I know that it was really one of those hot or cold games. Like people thought it was so bad. It was good. I just thought it was good. I mean, it had problems mechanically, Uh, but in terms of the ideas that it presented, The way that it played off of the tropes that were brought uh, to the fore with uh, Twin Peaks and David Lynch, the way that it played with the script. I mean, the characters that it brought. I mean, I thought it was just like it was masterclass. I thought it was amazing. And a lot of people couldn't get past the production because admittedly, it looked like a PS2 game. It had a lot of uh, technical issues. It only had like, I think, three songs on the soundtrack or something. (laughs) I mean. You know it was it was low budget and it was uh goodman sweary 65 who is on twitter great guy funny guy uh it was like his passion project and you could feel it like you'd feel the passion coming through on the game i love that game so much um i i think it would be very difficult to go back to because it was difficult to play even then just technically uh so if you were to go back to it now i i have strong doubts that you would be able to get through it but i think it's worth it though it's it's such an amazing game so if the yakuza team who are great at doing, uh, small scale open worlds. They're great at doing hand to hand combat. They're great at doing like lots of like open world side questy stuff, which is exactly what deadly premonition was doing. And that was one of its weaker areas. If those two things got together, I think that would be great. Uh, mechanically that would be awesome because deadly premonition definitely needed a boost in that area. It did not need a boost in the other areas like writing script characters. I thought those were amazing. So if they could take like the brain trust of the Yakuza team engineers and just like fix Deadly Premonition, that would be that would be a tremendous game. I would be totally in favor of that. So, um, yeah, and and, and just to get back to Deadly Premonition for a minute, I know it's 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 got warts, it's got problems, but if, if you're listening to this podcast, if you're listening to me talk, if you're listening to this, you should go play that game if you haven't played it already. Go into it expecting that it's it's awful mechanically, but everything else it brings to the table I think is so wonderful and so interesting and so rich uh i just i just am endlessly fascinated with that game and then uh swear 65 the director so it's great stuff difficult very difficult to approach but great stuff
0: i will take your word for every bit of that okay settled settled <laughs> Corey, what's the next one all right uh this one is from oh my god i always get stuck reading his things and i i can uh, never that's i it's not an I'm... accident it's never... not an accident I never know if I'm pronouncing (laughs) his name correctly. This is Louis Fiatro. Louis F. Louis F. Yeah, good old Louis F. From Twitter. Uh, He would take an episodic version of Grim Fandango with new characters uh, featuring the developers from Kentucky Route Zero. Corey, this is a very interesting proposition. What say you, sir? uh once again my stakes are out the Dude, window
1: oh my god do you even play games do you are you I a have, fake
0: gamer i i am a fake gamer girl
1: <laughs> <laughs> you take your you take your pumpkin spice latte and you take your chipotle and you get the fuck out of oh here my man god. i'm
0: fired from this podcast forever <laughs> you are done your gamer cred card is in the toilet right now <laughs> i'm just gonna go fix my car and my motorcycle and get out of here Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So you,
1: you, you never played Grim Fandango?
0: I have not. And the sad thing is I just downloaded it on my PlayStation 4 like a month or two ago. And in the back yeah. of my mind, I'm thinking, all right, I'm going to play this someday because everybody and their mother says it's like amazing and funny and like all this stuff. So it is like actively sitting on my PlayStation 4 right now. And I still have not played it. Oh, man. Okay. So I played Grim Fandango back in the day um, a million years ago. God, I think
1: I had just bought my very first computer ever after I had like left home. So it was like a million years ago. And at that time, I could play games. I have not, I did not keep up with the PC scene. But at that particular time, buying a computer off the shelf, it was it was game capable. And Grim Fandango was like the first game that I bought and played. And it was really good times. It's a point and click adventure game starring uh, a detective but everybody in that game is done in like day of the dead style where they're all like skeletons and kind of decorative kind of uh art style very cool art style and it, the script is funny i mean i have played a bunch of the um god well they're not were they called double fine back then I don't... they were not called double fine back then it was tim Schafer and those guys i think they were lucas arts back then weren't they i i'm a little bit hazy on the history do you know uh, you're asking the wrong person Okay. We're asking the wrong person. We'll we'll Google that later or someone will write in and tell me how fucked up and wrong I am. (laughs) Um, I think they were at LucasArts and it was about, you know, like a detective story in the world of the dead and you played a skeleton detective and it was just really funny, really clever. Um, I didn't play all of the LucasArts games at that time, uh, but that was the one that stuck with me the most. I just thought it was really great. A little rough mechanically because as we have both previously established on the show, we both are terrible at these kind of games. That was true back then, as it is now. I had to look up an FAQ to get through it because I'm miserable. But I had a really great time, really enjoyed it. And um, I will say, I have not played Kentucky Route Zero. Have you tried KRZ? Uh,
0: I haven't, but it's one of those games that, like, the buzz has been around and I've wanted to try. But it is PC only, right? Yeah,
1: that's one of my barriers because I just have so much on console that I just have no reason to ever go over to PC. And I've been hearing good things about it. It sounds like kind of a Twilight Zone, kind of a weird meta, you know, what's going on kind of a thing. I think it's got some fluid narrative stuff going on, apparently. I mean, I'm not firsthand familiar with Kentucky Route Zero, but everybody I talk to in general says really good things about it. So knowing what Grim Fandango is and what I think Kentucky Route Zero is, that sounds like a really good matchup to me. Um, I would love to see more Grim Fandango. I mean, the story kind of wrapped up, but, you know, a return... Would be great for me. I'd welcome that. Anyway, moving on. Uh, let's see. Our good friend Fabian at V uh returns. And he says, Yes, it was hard to pick just one. Um, Retro Studios making a first person Mega Man. Hmm. Or Platinum Games doing Metroid. Metroid makes another return. Corey, thoughts. First person Mega Man? Platinum Games doing Metroid? What say you?
0: Uh I think I say yes to all of these. Um Retro Studios for those who don't know are actually the Metroid Prime developers. Um if anybody can take a side scrolling like retro action game and turn it into a first person game, I feel like Retro is the studio that can do it. Um I played Mega Man back in the day. I don't have a lot of stakes for it now, but uh if, you know, Retro trotted out a first person Mega Man, I would definitely try it and see what it's like. Um platinum doing metroid i i like this idea but i also would be wondering like what kind of metroid they would make because whenever nintendo uh trotted out team ninja who did the ninja gaiden games um that was team ninja right
1: yeah those are some of the most overrated motherfuckers in gaming with uh itagaki in his head oh god what a what an overrated what an overrated bag of hot air that guy is
0: well whenever they brought out team ninja to do metroid metroid uh i can't even remember what the fuck it's called other now. m oh, other m metroid other what m. an atrocity whenever oh, well when that trailer came out like at that e3 or whatever before the game came out i was like pumped as hell because i had been kind of into metroid and i love the ninja gaiden games like ninja gaiden black is like my gold standard for third person melee action games, like there is no game that has come close to that as far as I'm concerned with like that kind of like lightning fast, like you can die in two seconds action game if you don't like watch your shit. So I was like really excited about that. And I, I like some platinum games. Like I really like, uh, oh my God, I'm the worst at remembering names, like the space shooter one. What's it called? Vanquish. Um, oh vanquish yeah vanquish like like vanquish is amazing um and i think that uh like but but it just i i don't know like i it would depend for me what kind of metroid game they would want to make because if they want to do a first person one like maybe that would be good i don't know i don't really know if platinum has like first person shops um maybe if they did a side-scrolling one i i don't know i i don't know man i i'm okay with platinum i'm okay with metroid but i don't know if i feel like i would want them to be together
1: Well, as far as going first person Mega Man, I mean, I think that the Metroid games come pretty close to what a first person Mega Man would be anyway, like with all of Samus's different powers and, you know, you get to a new boss and you get, you know, inevitably you get like a new ability that lets you get to a new section of the world. I mean, I feel like it's pretty close already. It's not too much of a leap. I mean, I see that working Um, maybe a little too close for me. Like, it seems like maybe not enough of a departure. I guess it depends on how they handle the bosses and the art style and everything. If it was very bright and cartoony and mega manny that might be okay but that that to me seems like they're very close as it stands as far as platinum doing metroid like i whenever i think of other m i just i get ill that was a really poor game i mean i had major major problems with the story because team ninja are like super chauvinists and i really don't like how they handle female characters the shit that went down in the game was awful and i feel like it was like basically like franchise ruining uh, when it comes to metroid and metroid was already kind of on shaky ground with nintendo at that time So that was not a great move. I mean, I kind of see what they were going for conceptually in terms of like making it a fast action game, making it third person, uh, you know, kind of going that way. That makes sense to me. But Team Ninja, oh, fuck those guys. I am not a fan at all. But I am 50% of the time a fan of Platinum. I think for me, they're half and half. I don't think they walk on water the way some people do. Uh, Half of the games they make, I think are fucking brilliant. The other half, I think, are pretty busted. (laughs) So I would want the brilliant half to do this Metroid game. It would have to be third person. It would have to be action. It would have to be um, very, very combo heavy. Like, I mean, I could I could go for that. I would like to see. I mean, Samus is a cool looking character. Her armor is fucking badass. And if she would change, you know, change her guns on the fly and change her shape and stuff like, you know, do the ball or whatever, like doing that in third person would be amazing like that would be great so i think that would work as like a kind of a short uh not too much story but like heavy on the action maybe not so much exploration because i think platinum's done that a few times i'm thinking of like transformers which i think transformers was a great game transformers devastation really fun game especially if you love transformers i think that's like the best transformers game that's ever been made Um, A little bit of like back and forth uh, exploration, not much. It was mostly combos and stuff that would work like that would work. I I think that would be okay as long as they stayed away from that really bullshitty chauvinist, awful, awful, sexist crap that Team Ninja did. If they could do just like a normal
0: story and have Samus be like a, a, a hero the way that she's supposed to be, I would be down with that. You mean you don't want her to be to act like a six year old girl for the entire game looking up to a father figure?
1: oh my god when i got to that part and she I, you know i don't remember the line exactly but she's like headquarters can i activate my boost jump no you cannot activate it oh no i can't go to this gate i can't activate my boost jump because because he said no like what what the fuck are you talking about like why when did she ever ask anybody for permission to do shit like that was that was in fucking sand i can't believe anybody in nintendo approved that that was off the charts
0: bullshit well i mean i can believe that people from nintendo approved it considering nintendo was one of like the wealthiest companies in the world who also was CEO board is like all white men. So that makes sense to me. Well, Japanese man, I would guess. Yeah. I mean, it seems pretty up. I mean, a Japanese developed uh, game getting approved by Japanese, like all male yeah. board of publishers. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it was awful. Don't get me wrong. Metroid other M is like the Alien 3 of Metroid games. Oh god, don't 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 get me started on that. Let's move on, dude. Let's move. I'm getting angry. Love all right, me. all right, all right. Next <laughs> next up next up is uh Papaya Chemist. Um I really hope that's that person's real name. Um who is <laughs> S- Sindar on Twitter. Uh Sindar. Sindar. Is that a fighting character? I no. have no idea.
1: I'm thinking of S- No, is that from Killer Instinct?
0: No. Anyway, sorry. It's Sindar. Yes, go ahead. Uh There were, he says, or she. um, Yeah, she. It's a a woman. Oh, she. Good for her. Um, I believe there were once vague hints about, I don't even know how to pronounce this development studio... It's Wadget Eye. Wadget Eye Games? Uh-huh. Uh, picking yeah. up Loom? I am. I don't even know what Loom is. I don't know what any of this shit is. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> this is totally your idea for a topic, and you don't know any of these games that people are suggesting, dude. <laughs> That's why I went first. Now I can just, like, remain silent for the rest of the podcast.
1: <laughs> well, this was a really funny tweet because she tweeted um, at one point. So she wants to see Wadget Eye Games. They do a lot of point-and-click games uh i don't i'm not super familiar with their output because it's not really up my alley but i know that they're they're fairly prolific when it comes to that kind of stuff and loom is another point and click i believe that was lucas arts from back in the day i never played that one but i heard about it quite a bit i think that one was when i kind of had fallen away from pc gaming i think it was some kind of a, I don't know exploring different dimensions or something i'm really hazy on it i apologize if there's loom fans listening um like papaya chemist um but so, so the interesting thing that happened was like, so she tweeted this and she's like, oh, I'd love to see that happen. And like, so, so the guy who runs Watch it Eye games was, you know, he like tweeted like back to her in this thread that we had started for the show. So the guy, Dave Gilbert, who runs Watch it Eye, is like, oh yeah, the rights of that game are so snarled up. It would be impossible for me or anyone to get to them. So I thought that was really interesting and funny that, you know, she throws out this suggestion and then the dude who's like in charge of like, who could possibly make it happen? He's like, nah.
0: Not going to happen, lady. So <laughs> Well, the interesting thing to me is that, you know, that makes me think that maybe they've already thought about it and, like, looked into the rights. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I mean, he must have. He must. He knew right away. It didn't take him long to respond to her, so I wouldn't uh, wouldn't be surprised at all.
0: Maybe he's, like, crying into his glass of wine right now because she reminded him that they couldn't get the rights to the game. Could be, could be. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a pretty well-regarded game, and Wajidai has a pretty good
1: pretty good fan base i know that the people who play their games are pretty devoted to their games i mean like i said not my bag but i know that there's fans out there so i don't know i guess you know I, someone thinks it's a good match the guy who runs I apparently has thought about it so
0: i guess he confirmed it's not going to happen but a good idea <laughs> all right well next up we have Stephen brown whose twitter handle is capitalist pig 21 is kind of i don't know a gross twitter name <laughs> uh, uh, he would like Arcane Studios to do a Zelda, and he would like Naughty Dog to do Snatcher. Hmm.
1: Let me address the latter part of that first. Naughty Dog to do Snatcher. Okay, so Snatcher was like my favorite game for many years. Like my favorite, favorite game for many years. It's not anymore, but it was for many years um as much as i like the last of us and i really 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 do like the last of us in general i'm not a fan of naughty dog and i wouldn't want them anywhere near snatcher because (laughs) what would happen is that the main character gillian seed would end up like climbing a bunch of fucking ledges and he'd end up killing a bunch of brown dudes and he'd end up like having these cutscenes where he'd be talking to his sidekick metal gear and saying hey metal i really just want to live my life and have some neo kobe pizza and i don't want to kill anybody and then the next scene he would kill like 47 dudes so I want Naughty Dog nowhere near Snatcher. Steven Brown, you are a bad, bad man. That is a bad idea. Uh, <laughs> as far as Arcane Studios doing Zelda, they're the guys that do... um What's the that game that you liked? Yeah, Dishonored. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, dude. I'm going to leave this one to you because I'm not a fan of Dishonored and I'm not really the biggest Zelda fan, so I'm going to have to recuse myself.
0: What do you say on that one? Well, I like the Dishonored games an awful lot. Um, I mean, I think they are pretty great um they're also the kind of games where like i don't think i realize how great they are until like a long time after i finish them and then i think back and i'm like yeah those games are actually really great but i don't really have a whole lot of stakes in zelda um i've only probably played like two zelda games in my lifetime um i probably haven't finished any zelda games in my lifetime uh i don't know i mean i'd be curious to know if uh mr stephen brown would want them to do like zelda like in first person as as dishonored or if he would like them to do zelda sort of like traditional like third person like dungeon crawl like explore horseback like that kind of zelda because i don't when i think of zelda i think it would be very difficult to do like a first person like stealthy action zelda but i i'm not really in tune with the series so i don't know
1: that's an interesting one because I'm kind of having trouble seeing how those two come together too. Like most of the other ones we've read, I can see kind of a through line, and that makes, even if I don't agree, I can kind of see what the person's going for. Um, this one has got me a little bit puzzled. Stephen Brown, I know that you're listening. Um, let us know. I would like to hear more about this one and tell us more about your idea because I'm just not seeing it. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a pass on this one for now. Maybe we'll come back to it later. Uh, moving on. Uh, at Indie Hero 5000 says, I would love to see Sony remake The Legend of Dragoon. Corey, ever played it? Ever heard of it?
0: Uh, well, I want to say first uh, Mr. Indie Hero 5000 is Josh Hurst, and he is like one of my friends from way back. Um, we've known each other since like. Oh geez, like sixth or seventh grade or something. Um, oh wow! Okay, so I, cool. What's ba- up, Josh? Basically, the only reason I know about Legend of Dragoon is because of him, and I've never played it, but I've watched. I watched him play some of it like way back in the day because I think it was a PlayStation One game. Like it's pretty old. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, I don't really know anything about it, but I feel like, um, just from hearing about it on the internet, it's one of those games that has or one of those franchises that has kind of a big fan following. So I certainly would be okay with. Sony remaking it or rebooting it, I don't know if I would play it, but I feel like a lot of people would be excited about it.
1: Mm. Well, Legendary of Dragoon, I played it back when it was new, and it was basically like a really cheap, quasi like Square Final Fantasy ripoff. It felt really generic and really phoned in to me. Like, and it does have a pretty big cult following. Well, I don't want to say big, but it has a cult following. The people who like that game like love that game, and I don't know what they see in it. It just, it just was really. Not good at the time. I, I remember not liking it very much, and we had a big kerfuffle at Game Critics because um, the person who reviewed it for us back in the day, his name was Ben Hopper. He was way before your time, uh, but he's a good friend of mine. What up, Ben? If you're listening, uh, He actually still lives in the area. As a matter of fact, uh, so Ben reviewed the game, and for some strange reason, he had never heard of a bastard sword before. So one of the characters in Legend of Dragoon has a bastard sword, and I think that the bastard like nomenclature comes up a few times. And so it really threw Ben for a loop because he's like, why do they keep swearing? Why do they keep calling these things bastard things? This doesn't make sense. Like he didn't, he didn't understand like that's an actual like medieval term. Right. So he published his review and he kind of called him out for like being so swear heavy, you know, it totally, I was not the editor at that time. And so whatever, but, he uh, he got a huge backlash from people who read his review and were like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You're a <laughs> moron. You've never heard of a bastard sword? You got no business reviewing games. Get the fuck out of here. And like like literally, like I'm not kidding. So Ben wrote that review. I want to say it was 2000, maybe 2001. So, I mean, something like that, like early, the early aughts or whatever. We, to this day, 2016, to this day, we still get email about his Legend of Dragoon review. We actually just got an email uh, like last week about a person excoriating Ben for reviewing Legend of Dragoon so poorly. And it's like, dude, if you are still writing people, like if you're tracking down reviews from like 16 or 15 years ago because you want to get revenge on the guy who gave that old ass game a bad review, you got you got issues. You got problems. You need to go seek some professional help. So that is why it sticks out so strongly to me because we still got hate mail about it uh fuck that game forever i don't ever want to hear about it again i never want to see it again i don't care what happens to it i indie hero i'm sure you're a great guy i love you but i <laughs> legend of dragoon can go disappear in a like giant void somewhere I, I do not want to see it come back
0: oh josh if you're listening i'm really sorry that brad said all that stuff he, uh he's really probably gonna hurt your feelings yeah sorry tell your friend not to listen to this episode just tell him skip it oh no i can't do that okay <laughs> well apologies in advance nothing personal but you know me and dragoon got history (laughs) and history as of like last week too allegedly as of as
1: of fucking last like 16 (laughs) years
0: of hate mail bro 16 years oh my god okay okay um let's move on before brad gets any more hot-headed about it um our next uh our next uh, entry is from Trico Suave, which is a funny name. Um, cheap Boss Attack on Twitter. Would like to see a solid horror developer like Red Barrels reboot Silent Hill. Um, or Yacht Club do a new 2D Metroid. Okay, Brad, I'm going to take the first half of this and you could take the Go second it, half. Man. Go um, for it, Go for it. I actually disagree with Red Barrels doing Silent Hill because... Um, Red Barrels do the Outlast games, and if you know anything about Outlast, they do—they do a brand of uh, survival horror that is um, that is stealth and exploration based. That has zero combat and like zero um, like enemy um, contact. I guess it's kind of like a game where you have to like hide, run and hide from the enemies when you see them. And Silent Hill already tried that once with Silent Hill: Shattered Memories, the GameCube and PlayStation Two reboot of the silent hill one game uh it was a game where it had very clear um exploration heavy segments and then there were enemy encounters but they were just chase sequences where you had to run from the enemies and if you didn't run they like grabbed onto you and killed you if you couldn't shake them off and all this stuff so like they've kind of already been there and done that and silent hill shattered memories was very like mediocre like it was okay uh, the weird thing about it was in Silent Hill, you're supposed to be, in my opinion, you're supposed to be scared all the time. I mean, that's kind of how I feel about most uh, survival horror video games. And in Silent Hill Shattered Memories, it was very clear when you were supposed to be scared and when you weren't. Um, and you shouldn't ever feel safe in a survival horror game, but you knew when you were safe in Silent Hill Shattered Memories. And I just don't know if I would trust a developer like Red Barrels to... Um, to do silent hill i would rather see a studio like creative assembly um as i discussed earlier do a silent hill because creative assembly know how to do combat and uh, i feel like they could give silent hill their good sort of combat graces but if red barrels decided to try combat um then maybe i would trust them with silent hill but uh, i feel like there are other developers that could better handle it but i also feel like at this point in time silent hill as a gaming franchise just needs to stop like forever because silent hill 2 is the pinnacle of video games ever and then everything after that has been um not as good so they just need to stop completely interesting
1: interesting i we're gonna have to table that discussion for another day because i i have feelings on silent hill 2 that i think run counter to most people's definitely run counter to yours but let's let's save that for another show Um, I'll pick up the second half of Cheap Boss Attack suggestion. Yacht Club doing a new 2D Metroid. Yacht Club were the people who did Shovel Knight, the critically acclaimed fan favorite Shovel Knight, uh which I think was a really good game. I didn't like it at first, but I kept with it, and after a while I really did learn to appreciate it. I think I liked it better on my second attempt than my first for what it just just, you know, it just came at me on the wrong day or I just was in a bad mood that day or something bounced off at first, but I came back and I really do think it is a good game. Um, I know my wife really enjoyed it quite a bit. They definitely have 2D chops and I think a 2D Metroid, I, I could see them doing a 2D Metroid, but I'll tell you what, I think they'd be better off doing a 2D Mega Man. Um, I think that's basically kind of the template that they followed for Yacht Club, um, or for, for Yacht Club, for, for Shovel Knight more or less. And I think it'd be very easy for them to do a really, really solid Mega Man. Um, I know that Capcom... I guess, are they still making Mega Man games? I'm, I'm kind of unclear what they're doing with the license. They made a bunch for a while, like like too many. And they just really watered themselves down. They had nowhere to go with it. Really just just wore people out. But Mega Man as a character still has a lot of uh, appeal. I think he's a great character. Still loads of potential. You could always change and give him a new universe, you know, change his backstory, give him a reboot, revamp, whatever. And if they took their 2D chops from Shovel Knight and applied that to Mega Man, I think that would be dynamite. Um, you know, I'm I'm open to a Metroid, but I think a Mega Man would be a more natural fit for me. Um, moving on, we're almost at the tail end. We just got a couple here. I'm going to wrap up the last two because they kind of go together. Uh, one message from Cliffy Byro, who is uh, at Cliff Goldsmith, who is the uh, creator of the Dark Insight uh, podcast, said he would like to see From Software do Dark Souls full remake. My God, I'm just excited thinking about it. Cliff <laughs> is... that's you know so he's he's very clear he makes no bones about it he just wants the people who made dark souls to do a full remake of dark souls okay gotta hand it to him man knows what he wants he's 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 got his eyes on the prize um (laughs) i love you cliff man you crack me up uh i you know i agree i mean i think that dark souls is way overdue for a revamp um considering how integrated and seminal it's become in the rest of the industry i mean dark souls is like a catchphrase now like you know, whenever a game is really hard or it's brutal, it's it's like the you know oh X Y Z game is the Dark Souls of X Y Z genre or whatever. I mean it's like it's like a, it's like a meme almost, you know? So considering that it's really influenced every single developer and every single game, it's kind of crazy to me that they have not done a full remake uh, because the original version is pretty busted. I played it on three sixty when it came out, um, and I think they patched it a couple times. It still runs like shit. I mean like you get to certain parts of the game. It's like a full-on slideshow. It's really difficult. Uh, there were there were definitely some technical problems. Um, I'm not the biggest Dark Souls fan in the world because I, I don't revere it as a perfect game the way some people do. Not saying that Cliff says that, but I've seen many people who say that is a perfect game and hold it up as the standard for every other game, which I totally disagree with. But I would love to see a remake. I think it's overdue. So I agree with you, Cliff, and I admire your focus. So I'm with you. I'm with you, brother. Um, and just to kind of wrap it up, the final one also involves From Software, who make the Souls series. But this comes from Duckles. Good man, Duckles on Twitter. Known that guy for many years. Great guy. Duckles says he would like to see From Software, the makers of Dark Souls, take on Cross.
0: Ooh, lots of potential there. Corey, are you down? Uh, I don't. I'm like, I don't play the Souls games. And I've never played P-Cross, so I don't really have anything to say here.
1: Oh, you've never played P-Cross? Never? Like Mario's P-Cross? None of those things on Um, like 3D, uh, DS or anything? No? Nope. Ah, okay. So the joke here is that P-Cross is like a puzzle game. Originally it was a 2D puzzle game where it's kind of like Minesweeper, sort of. And then later it went to a 3D iteration. So if you can imagine the people who make Dark Souls making a Dark Souls-ish Minesweeper. I don't know. That sounds pretty hot to me. Maybe that would be the one to get you in, Corey. Uh, Probably not, though. (laughs) (laughs) I love your honesty, sir. I love your honesty. (laughs) Well, that is all the suggestions that we had. And I think that was some really hearty discussion. A lot of good ideas, a couple bad ideas, but a lot of really good ideas. And thank you guys so much for your suggestions. That was amazing, amazing, amazing. This show, this episode
0: could not have been done without you. Indeed, I also am a big fan of how many times we said the word chops on this episode. Many chops, mm. many many chops. Chops. We also said steaks. You said steaks a lot. Steaks, steaks oh, and chops. I did steaks and chops. Like ooh, that's like a good name for the episode. Full on like meat discussion here. We had a meaty <laughs> discussion in which we used the word steaks and chops. Oh, and a lot. I
1: said meaty too, didn't I? Oh, I
0: did. I did meat steaks and chops. Oh god. Nice. I'm like getting hot into the collar over here just talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> Bring us home, Corey. Bring us home. Uh, all right. So, um, like Brad said, thank you, everybody, for the, uh, I guess, the entries. I'm sorry if we did not read yours. We got a shitload of people um, sending in responses to this. So we read the ones that we thought were the most interesting to talk about. Um, also, I didn't mention this earlier, but I meant to um, – right now we are recording on tuesday night um i know you're probably aware if you're listening to the show we didn't put a show up on sunday because sunday was christmas and i was out of town and traveling and all that stuff but uh, this is uh our sub show for that but we will be recording another show on sunday coming up in which we will do regular format talking about uh whatever games we're playing and all that stuff um so this is like our you know topical um show our post christmas show i guess um if you will um But that is it for this show. Um, That'll bring our discussion to a close. Uh, If you submitted anything tonight, thank you so much. Uh, I'm sorry, again, if we didn't read yours. Um, If you have any thoughts, suggestions, topic suggestions, feedback, anything at all, we say this in every episode, but you can reach us at SoVideoGamesPodcast at gmail.com or you can tweet directly at our show at SoVideoGames on Twitter and i think that's it for tonight so bye from me and bye for me and we'll catch you next week